Unbound Theatre presents The Chronicles of Professor Chronomier From the Depths Written by Dario Knight and performed by Erica Sanderson Chapter 13. The Link An intense beam of light stretched across the room. At either end it disappeared into the barrels of two identical weapons, bound together by a dangerous temporal anomaly. One was held by Waylon, the other by Holloway. Beside Waylon stood the Professor, and next to Holloway was Astrid. Standing either side of the centre point of the beam of light were two versions of Oscar. One younger, one older. The room around them was hazy. It looked as though the large reception room and Oscar's hotel suite had merged together, but it was impossible to discern quite where one ended and the other began. The fusion of the two addled the mind. A silvery haze hung in the air, and the familiar sound of the tides of time filled the space. Astrid glanced over at the professor, who returned her gaze. Astrid took the teleporter from her pocket and threw it across to her friend, who quickly concealed it in her frock coat. Waylon and Holloway grappled with their respective firearms, but as the light binding them together throbbed with energy, the weapons disintegrated and fell as mounds of dust on the floor. Holloway seemed not to care, but Waylon was grinding his teeth in fury. I knew you'd attempt something lazy, Holloway goaded. All I had to do was wait until the blast ricocheted along the timeline. When he started feeling ill, you mean? Astrid asked. You made it so that Oscar was being removed from his timeline at two simultaneous points, deduced the professor. The resulting effect... Cancels out both shots, grinned Holloway, before pointing at the bolt of light before them. Temporary fusion of the causality. Once it subsides, things will separate and return to normal. Only you, she glared at Waylon, will be on this side of the timeline when it does. Waylon said nothing. All eyes, apart from Holloway's, were on the two versions of Oscar standing in the centre of the conglomeration. Both looked deeply unsettled. "'What illusion is this?' the older Oscar asked in a haunted voice. His younger self did not reply. "'Am I to understand,' he continued, "'that I have the pleasure of addressing Mr. Oscar Wilde?' "'Indeed you do.' "'Sir,' his younger self answered, equally unsettled but with a darker edge to his voice. It is most unkind, the older man said, to taunt oneself with visions of former glory. It is equally unkind, the younger man retorted, to taunt oneself with a prophecy of future neglect. He glanced down at his older self's rotund stature, clearly repulsed. His counterpart shuffled his feet. Age must come to us all, he said sheepishly. I suppose I should be grateful to know I shall reach such a grand old age, said the younger Oscar. I am forty-one, sir, the older man said indignantly, and his younger counterpart's eyes widened at the news. 
Then may I ask what circumstance marching across my horizon inspires this corpulence? I'm not sure it would be wise to offer too many details of what's to come, the professor ventured. A little foreknowledge could be quite dangerous. It doesn't matter, Holloway countered. When the link severs, they'll neither of them remember. Time heals itself rather effectively when left to its own course. Tell me then, sir, the younger Oscar insisted. Am I truly to become some lonely unfortunate grown fat on failure? The older man closed his eyes, hurt by the barb. On the contrary, sir, he answered at last. Society celebrates you and your work quite vocally. Not for much longer, Waylon muttered. The professor glared at him. Then what cause is there for this hefty change in my figure? asked young Oscar. You may find as you grow older, dear boy, the older man said, that contentedness is not found within a looking-glass, but in the company of those who love you. Have you children? the young man inquired. Two angelic boys, the old man replied. And is your... is our marriage a loving one? A thing of happiness? There was something searching in his voice now. The old Oscar's eyes began to shine with tears. He held his head high. It is a treasure of greater wealth than any in Christendom. He paused, summoning the courage to speak again. But love is not always the bedfellow of happiness. And what incident, I pray you tell me, the younger man asked, should lead me to say such soulless words? I say nothing, his counterpart replied. I believe... I feel all. What you shall come to believe is that to love only one person forsaking all others is an impossibility. What you shall come to feel is the unhappiness of deceiving those who love you unreservedly. What you shall come to despise is that this world has taught us all to think love cannot exist beyond singularity, that to do so should dilute its power or its potency. What you shall come to fear is that those you truly love will never understand how it was you loved. And why should they? Perhaps you shall never truly understand it yourself. Perhaps you and I are simply deceiving ourselves in our beliefs, and that the truth is we shall never know who it is we should love. The professor quietly stepped forward. She could see the beam of light between the two versions of Oscar beginning to weaken. They did not have long. She reached out and touched the older man's arm. If I might be so bold, she said quietly, I should venture the opinion that some hearts were made to be divided, and in that division, break. And that heart, though it may never resolve itself, though it may never truly understand the way it loves, will help other hearts to make better sense of their confusion. Some hearts' love blazes not only in their own life, but in the lives of so many who will follow it. The older Oscar lifted a hand and delicately brushed a tear from the professor's cheek. You, he whispered, looking deeply into her eyes. It was always you. The parties, the summer days, the clubs and theatres. You were always there. Some hearts must be protected, said the professor softly even if only to deliver them to pain. The younger Oscar bowed his head. Too many thoughts were burning in his mind to form words. 
it was as though something hidden deep within himself had been brought out into the sun. The howl of the Time River rose around them. Holloway scanned at the amalgamation of the rooms. Their features had grown even more distorted. The beam of light was fast becoming a thread. The timelines are separating, she surmised. We need to be ready. Oh, I am, Waylon replied. The others turned to look at him. In one hand he was holding the teleport device. In the other was a glass cylinder containing a swirling black vortex of energy. Holloway's face went pale. You can't, she pleaded. It'll rip the entire timeline apart. What is it? asked Astrid. Quite literally a time bomb, Waylon grinned. He fixed the professor with a triumphant smirk. When all else fails, I've got plan C. His fingers closed around the teleporter. No! the professor yelled and dived towards him. In the same instant, the thread of light finally snapped and the room blinked out of existence. The Chronicles of Professor Chronomier From the Depths An unbound theatre production written by Dario Knight and performed by Erica Sanderson with music by Kevin MacLeod Thank you.